0: another person because isn't it nervous sometimes when you don't know what to say to somebody but you know God's asking you to talk to the person if you can turn the music down just a little bit the music that'd be good well the Lord really had on my heart to teach on the process vision which is the one over there and it's just so awesome so we're just going to do a nice little light touch on this because we are maturing in Christ So, our spirit wants to become interdependent with our soul and our relationship with heaven. So, it can be what? Become what? One. Okay? Let's put this verse up. Let's just start with this verse because this is an important verse. Give me Romans 2 12 2. Romans 12 2. And I know a lot of people know this verse. It's a good one to start off with. Because as we grow from glory to glory, working out our salvation, We want the greater one in us than we are in this world. So we got to know about the greater one that's in us. All right, how many people know this verse by heart? Everybody knows this verse by heart, right? It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Gene has been talking about mindsets. He said there are five mindsets in the body of Christ. Okay, and we develop in those mindsets, the temple mindset, okay? The second one is the slave ministry mindset, all right? And then the third one is the kingdom mindset. The fourth one is the bridal mindset. And then the last one is the glory mindset. And it's all really anchored out of this because it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may do what? There's an action. Prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, so that means the ultimate end is God is trying to produce something good in us so we can prove to the people what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Well, the word says the will of God is for us to give what? Thanks. That is one of the, he wants us to glorify the father through us okay? We can't do that by conforming to the world. So now, I I think this is very interesting when we talked about do not be conformed to this world. It's not telling us not to be changed by the spirit. It's telling us that part of our walk in a process is when we are a lost, right here, the lost person. In the center is a void spirit. Everybody has a spirit, but is that spirit renewed back to God, and is it possessed by the Holy Spirit? That's, the, that's a difference. When you accept Christ in your heart, now you have a spirit that's alive, back, reconnected to God. Now, here's the dangerous thing. I love this. When Christ is in you, you're not your own anymore. You're not your own. And that's the tricky part, because sometimes we think we want to have that good, acceptable, perfect will of God in our life. But we still want to live the way the world has taught us. And we say, why can't we have both? In, what's, it, what's it? Have your cake and eat it too. We want to have both of them. But see, part of growing in Christ is living in the lost. You are conforming yourself to what you've been taught about the world. So there isn't even set outlines of what the world is. It's whatever you're taught. You actually start conforming to whatever you've been taught. If a little kid was taught that he could go into a candy store and take candy all the time, he's going to be 20 years old and still walk into a store and do what? Grab a piece of candy. He was conformed to whatever he was taught. Everybody who walks in this ministry is full of, of truth in their soul, and there's also full of what? Lies. That's why it says we're all a sinner. We, all, we miss the mark of faith in Christ all the time. Just because we're not knowledgeable of all the word, we can even, hey, we can even grow up and be raised on this word. And you can have a lot of this memorized. And you can actually try to conform yourself to this word. And then you will what? You'll, you'll be so full of guilt, torment, condemnation because you can't be this good. Okay, and you, everybody in here has had an experience with the word somewhere along the line. Even when I broke my ankle, the doctor came in, the surgeon, and he looked. I had a Bible. He's like, yeah, I don't touch that. Because he's already been taught that if you touch this, there's going to be a change. But you've got to decide the change. See, I thought he was pretty honest. I'm not touching that. (laughs) That means he's not ready. He wasn't ready. Like, there's something about the Bible when the Word says it was created. It was already spoken that a written Word would be put in writing for us to help us in this time. Because we can only be transformed by the Spirit and the Word working together. And, see, and that's why it says we cannot even conform ourselves to these physical words. We cannot conform ourselves to them. We actually have to be what? Transformed okay? So in that transformation, the moment Christ enters in, you actually become born again. I like that. I never understood the word born again, and then I got it. You have to be born of water and the spirit to be open to life. So you can be born from your mother's womb, and you can be born in that way, but that's the physical form, which all physical things have to do what? Die, Mm -hmm. all right? But then there's a greater life, the washing of the word, the water, the life of a breathing spirit. When it comes together, now you can read that word, meditate on that word, worship God, and then now God is going to transform you to be that living word. See, that's what's so awesome. And so that means you got to roll with the punches now. you got to roll with the punches. What does that mean? A lost person here on this chart, and I know you can't see this on the thing, but a lost person the soul is completely in charge. Mm-hmm. The spirit is a human spirit. It's void. It's dark. It's black. But when it's time for Christ to enter in your heart, that, which means you can't be like that doctor and say, I'm not touching that word. Mm-hmm. Something in your life brings you into an experience that's so uncontrollable. And that's something you can't take anymore. And then grace comes upon you to accept him. It's a grace. It, 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 we need grace to die. A grace comes down upon you, and you've accepted Christ in your heart. And it doesn't even have to be a bad situation. It can be a moment in your bed alone where you just cried unto God. And you get, come on, how many times have we been calling up to God, and we just knew there is a God, but you really hadn't experienced him? Isn't that We're already born with these antennas. To know we've got to go back to heaven. (laughs) I mean, I I really do believe that. It's so funny. That's what makes me laugh. When people are looking for a God, the word says you're going to keep looking for a God. But now we got to find the what? The right God. The one that has, the one that you connect, that you're born with the water and the spirit. A true spirit of life. I'm telling you, there's something in your inner core that the devil cannot copy. He cannot create. You can walk into a room and you can feel a presence, but you can also walk and feel a dark presence too. Do you know what I mean? So how do you know how the goosebumps go, right? It's an inner breathing, an inner stirring. The more you stay connected, it grows, it really grows in you to push out the darkness and to what? Bring in the light. But this is what happens when you're saved, boom. Now you are working with two. You are no longer being led by your soul. And your human spirit, you now there are two that got to become what? One. one. See, every word we take in can establish eternity today and now. So that means what's eternity? Eternity means it always works, it's everlasting. When you become one, when you become the living word one word at a time, that means your spirit and your soul worked it out battled it out and then now that one word in you, you have victory in that word. You actually have victory and now the land, I call this the land, the New Testament garden. Now you actually have victory and that part of your garden will never die. It will always grow. It will always flourish. It will always produce a leaf. It will always have healing. It will always produce a fruit. It will always be given to another. And it will always do what it set out to do. And it cannot come back void. See, but we've got to go through this process constantly. One word at a time. That just doesn't happen overnight. You don't get saved. And then boom, you're the spotless bride. Remember, the glory mindset actually lives and breathes out of that spotless bride position. And you know what? It gets faster every time. It gets faster. So that's why I love this word. You can't be conformed to the world, the darkness. You've actually got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind one word at a time. Every season, God has a measure for you to grow. He really does. But we've got to get the mindset to first agree to it. Because once you agree to it, now you have to die to it. Every word you have to die to, because you can't make yourself be that word. He already says, Lee's on board. She's got the word for the season. She's gonna have to die to that word. And the whole time we're thinking, I got that word. I got that word. I got that word. And then you get faced with the situation. You gotta really apply that word. Oh my gosh. And you're like, oh, wait a second. I just stepped back into my soul. Do you know what I mean? Because my human spirit is my biggest cheerleader. Do you know what I mean? We, we, can, we can cheer up a word, can't we? Yeah, I'm claiming it and naming it. Whatever it is, right? My faith is so great. And God may not have had you had faith in that for that season. Oh, So we walk in a false line with our foot in the soul and our foot in the spirit. Making up, conforming ourselves. Because doesn't the word come on? When somebody says, are you a mature Christian? Yeah, I'm a mature Christian. Then handle it. When it's so, that's so false. God wants you broken. You can never have an eternal word that lives forever in your soul, ever renewed, if you didn't get broken from it. How do you know you've hit the death point? You broke to that word. And then you get what? Resurrected. And when you receive the receiving of that word, Come on. I I think about a time when I was in 10th grade and I put a gun to my head. I was broken that day. I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, there is no life. There is nothing. I, I was hanging clothes in the backyard thinking I don't even know my neighbors. And then all of a sudden, I just went up to my mom's room, took the gun. I rocked for hours because I had to make a what? A choice. And boy, I was laboring holding that gun and I was like, okay, God... I, I do like myself. I had to like remind him that. <laughs> and then I put the gun to my head and I really shot it. And I'm telling you, it didn't go off. A column came down and I'm telling you, my whole body was burning. And I knew there's really a God because I had to put that gun down like the guy, the doctor not wanting to touch the Bible. I had to look at that gun. I almost picked it up a second time. The force to try to get me to kill myself was so great. But the thing was, is I was conforming I already decided what the world had to offer. But the moment I think I said that to God, do you know what I mean? I like myself. I really wasn't in agreement with killing myself. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. The moment I said that to him, a column comes down, and now he transformed my mind in one area that day. And what was that? I truly knew God was real. Uh, there, you can't tell me that there isn't a God who can step right in and change anything. And he's, he keeps showing me that one experience at a time, one experience at a time, that he has everything I need, but I'm going to have to die to that word if I want to become that word. See, we can do such a good job conforming ourselves, conforming Christians. We can read a word that says, the greater one's in me, and I, greater, the greater one's in me than I am in this world," to convince myself I'm conforming. But I'm not really in agreement, because I'm not applying that the greater one's in me, than I am in this world. Do you see, we can actually conform ourselves. Come on. We go to kindergarten, you get the cubby. The cubby says, here's your name on this. Don't put your stuff in that other cubby. You conform to the what? The rules. That's a, we're all born into conforming to rules. There's nothing wrong with the law. There's nothing wrong with rules. It helps us understand order. But then when we get that new breath of Christ that takes you over, he says, now I'm in charge of your life and I'm going to take you down a process and you're not going to like what it's going to be, but you're going to sure shine like a light after you're done. And that you, the, when you get that word and it's married, you become the victorious bride in that area. See, I look at all of you. There are areas you've become a glorious bride that I have not. And there are areas I've become, and you know, I had the eternal spot. And it can never, every time, there are certain testimonies the Lord showed me. Every time you speak this testimony, when I tell it to you, it will just affect the people. He goes, and, th- and I will come down. But that testimony will help change them. That's why it's so important when we give a testimony. So I start off with the process chart because we have to know that we're all going through a what? Process. Nobody ever ends. Nobody never ends. He says, I'm going to start what I finish. So there is a finish line, but it's when we become our soul. Okay, this is so deep to me when I got this. Saving souls, saving souls, saving souls. I want my soul to go to heaven. I already know my spirit goes back there. I believe God gets every, the Father gets every spirit he sent to earth, that spirit comes back. But he wants the soul. Come on, isn't this deep? Wherever you die in this process, right? If you are saved, you are promised to go to where? Heaven. But do you know the word says when you go to heaven, we still have learning to do? So it says whatever you whatever he starts on earth the word says he will finish in what heaven we were we were helping a lady here and it just brought me to tears because she got cancer and she was really growing Lord even used me to speak to the monitor and call her her lungs cleared not to have surgery and she was so afraid she went in for surgery and they couldn't do the surgery because God could not go back on the word when he bellied up in me and he spoke to that monitor. But then when it was time for her to die, the Lord had me go to her house, and I was like, I just can't believe that she, she's going to die. I really had a hard time, you know, because I didn't know she was going to die that day. I just kept feeling like I had to go to see her. And the Lord told me. I, I was in the room by myself, and the nurse was giving her a morphine, morphine shot, and I said, that will be her last morphine shot. And I didn't mean it in death. I meant it like we're going to re-resurrect this woman back to life, right? But she did get saved in this ministry. She grew but she and she told me I the Lord told me I could have my healing but I didn't want it. Do you know we have a choice? And she wouldn't tell me why. I found out after she died, but she wouldn't tell me why. And so I stopped seeing her for a while because she chose death. And man, I'm going to do everything to speak what? Life, but she held my hand. She said, "Lee, this is what I want to do." I was like, "All right." And then all day one day I was here and I felt like I had to go see her and when I went to go see her, this is when the Lord really put this in my heart. I was like, I stood there. She's all drugged up. You know what I mean? She's like weighing nothing, you know? And I was just like, why am I here? Right, you know? Like, I want her back to life. And the Lord said, I felt like he told me, be quiet. Because <laughs> my mind was just like, he d- and he just said, "What I start on earth, I finish in heaven. Do not judge her success by if she chose her healing or not. He said, I got her saved. I got her where she needed to be now. And then I heard instructions. Let her listen to these two musics. Put my headphones on. Blow on her face three times. And then I just fell over her body and just started crying. Do you know what I mean? And when I left, she died within that hour. But it was like, it hurt me because I saw all the life in her. See, that's how we have to look at one another. If you're in Christ, you got to see the life in each person. Not the death. And when you do see the death, we're supposed to do what? Rejoice in that. Because we've got to open blind eyes to see the truth that you can't conform to the world. You've got to be transformed. Isn't it cool to watch a transformation on those scientific movies where something looks like this and then it transforms? Or how about that commercial where you see all the different faces of the different nations and the faces all transform? and you have white, black, Asian, everything, all the, and they're conforming, okay? That's where we come into a oneness when we know that each of us have to be transformed, and God's going to do it his way. He's going to do it his way. Okay, put up this verse. This is awesome. Romans 11.25. This is so important. We can stop our progress, and we can become blinded. How do I know somebody's blind? They're trying to conform themselves to the word, not being transformed by the word. There is such a difference. A transformation is going to be a choice. A transformation is going to be a death to something of you. But then there's going to be a resurrection of his thinking, and you'll never change in that thinking. It says, Romans 11:25. 25, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be what? Ignorant of this mystery, this uh, being transformed is a mystery, because you can't do it, you can't do it, all you have to do is like, be it, okay, I'm in agreement with you, Jesus, I have no idea what that. <laughs> it's a mystery, because none of us can ever, when we tell our testimony, we can never tell it with, I did this, I did this, I did that, and this is what happened. There's always gonna be a part in the story is I don't I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened. All I know is I think differently, I feel differently, I possess life differently, I feel joy, I feel righteous. There's something that when God starts speaking to you, it's a mystery. I believe when people walk in this door, it's a mystery how they get to this building. We are not on the main drag. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a mystery how people get drawn here because the word says the spirit of truth is going to draw the people. They don't have, because why? The Lord showed me this. He goes, I said, I can't teach people. I didn't want to teach people. And he said, no, you can teach people because if you say what I teach you and only teach what I grow with you, they have the same void that I'm trying to get to. It will be drawn to it. Man, we can stand here and talk hours about, about things of, war, the, of the Lord. I mean, it's awesome. And so he reminds me, he doesn't want us to be ignorant of this mystery. Because we're responsible to help guide through people through the mystery, not tell them how to do it, how to walk with them through it. It says that when it's time for a change, he surrounds you with what? A cloud of witnesses. A witness is only a person who's already experienced that, what you're about to experience but I can't tell you to do it like I did it, right? I can't tell you to do it like I did it. All I can do is when I see you breaking, I can just be there for you. I'm not going to pull you out of the brokenness. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when we go through the breaking, the witness is not responsible to fix your life. The witness is to say, cheer you on. You're going to get it. You are going to be that spotless bride. You're going to make it. You know what I mean? And the whole time while you're dying, you're like, I'm not making it. I am not making it. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I actually learned to love brokenness. You know what the Lord showed me? The Lord showed me one of the mysteries of growing is when you have spent time with him, just be broken. You can actually get yourself to be so broken by just worshiping God, exalting his name, and asking him to empty everything out of you. I, I went before I minister on Saturday nights, all, all day on Saturdays. I just worship God and I ask him, just take everything out of myself, out of me. Because I, ca- I can't even explain the mystery of your word. We can't even put it into words. You know what I mean? It says, lest you should be wise in your what? Own opinion. I love this verse. Because we're not called to have an opinion. We're called to grow up in the mindset of Christ. And do you know it says those who love him will obey his commands. Now, that's pretty deep because we think there's two commands. Love the Father with all your what? Heart, soul, mind, strength, body. There's different versions. But then it says to love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as if you were loving your what? Yourself, okay? But there's more than just those two commands in the word. Jesus gave us a bunch of commands in Matthew. He gave us, he spoke in parable and gave us many ways to think and understand how he thinks. I'm going to tell you the first time, I was laying in bed and I heard, read Matthew. And I was like, well, what if I want to read Mark? (laughs) That's what I said. I was very sarcastic. What if I want to read Mark? And I heard, read Matthew. And it was very consistent and I could never get to the next thing until I read what? Matthew, and I couldn't understand some of this stuff in Matthew. I couldn't understand. In fact, there's a verse. Okay, hold on, let me finish this verse, and I'm going to tell you something I didn't know. This is so cool. But lest you should be wise in your own opinion. What the Lord was trying to show me is we have to give up our opinion so we can be transformed. If we stay in our opinion, we're being conformed. You're not being transformed. If you're gonna hold on to your opinion, you are, be, you are conforming yourself to the world. I mean, uh, this is so strong. When we think of a person, we can easily give up on people. Yeah. And we can say, oh, my opinion on that, yep, they'll never make it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's, that's what we think when we look at things. Come on, haven't you ever had a desperate case of a person in front of you never thought they were gonna ever change? And then the whole time we are conforming and even speaking over that person, everything that's not God. But if we're willing to be transformed by Christ, then we actually release our opinions and we look at that person and we see them struggling so much, all we can say is, you will be whole in the name of Jesus. You will be whole. You will conquer this. You, will, you become now what? The coach. You actually jump into that spot where you're out actually helping the Holy Spirit push this person along just by speaking his mindset over that person. See, and that's a mystery to us because sometimes we don't believe what we're saying. <laughs> we don't, you're looking at it and you're like, I, I don't believe that, yeah. okay? I love it, even in negotiating deals for the real estate firm. When I negotiate a deal, now I, just, I picture myself lifting up and looking down on that deal. And seeing what is Jesus' mindset. I'm telling you, Sarah and I have really good testimony because Sarah's closing on her house on the 12th. And when lenders get involved, there's always like a glitch that happens. You can pretty much count on it anytime. Well, right before the day she's to move into the house, on that day, they call in the morning and says, they need another document. She's not approved. So... One realtor kept saying, she's not approved, she's not approved, she's not approved, she cannot move into that house because she was still going to move in and rent for a couple days before closing. This is so awesome. And I was like, all right, calm down. Step up. Look down at the situation. The first thing I did is I want to hear Sarah's voice. I don't want to hear anybody else's voice. I need to hear the one who has the authority, the one who's buying the property at this time. And I said, Sarah, what do you think? She said, I had a dream. I saw this happening, but I know the house is mine. I said, good, do you want to move in the house tonight or not? She said, I want to move in. I know I need to step into that property. Okay, that was all I needed. All right, done, right? Legally, I did nothing wrong because they already signed a lease agreement. And the lease agreement said, if she doesn't close, then she will have to start paying $750 a month rent. Do you know what I mean? But the other realtor screaming, You can't let the person, they're not approved. They're not, get it? The enemy starts speaking. The world. And this is so funny that she moves in that night, and the next morning they call and say, Oh, everything's fine with the loan. (laughs) 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 I believe everything was fine with the loan because Sarah, she did not conform to the world. She transformed herself by the, God has been working in Sarah's life now for the past couple months. And she's been worshiping God, and she's been growing. But she had to make a decision right there because if she told me she was afraid and she didn't want to move in, then guess what? I wasn't going to have her move in. But when I heard her say, I had a dream, I saw this happening, I sat up in bed, I said, how did you feel? I knew the house was mine. I said, then we're working through it. Because God says, I'll show you things before they what? Happen, so you don't be what? Alarmed when you're going through. But he was testing her faith. And it wasn't like she had to speak faith. No, she said, I know the house is mine. And right when she spoke it, she claimed it. Right then. And it wasn't a false spirit. I, you could hear the peace in Sarah's voice. And I was so excited because I wasn't looking for her opinion. I was trying to hear her spirit. Right. Because only the Lord knows where she's to be, not me. Do you know what I mean? I had to like remove. Okay, remove myself out of this situation rise up are we breaking any rules because that's the first thing that people were trying to tell her oh you might have to do this you might have to lie on this you might have to and what i say to you we will not lie we will not cheat we will not steal you do not have to do that if it's god then it's done but this is what i love about him he tests are we going to conform to the world she could have said yep i'll go and ask this person to lie and the moment she did that she would have what she would have lost the house see this is what's so awesome there has to be a testing of the mind to know if you're really transformed or not. And what's he testing? He's testing fear out of your system. He's testing anger. He's testing lust. He's testing perversion. He's testing money. He's testing everything to see if, you're, if your soul has been transformed to the way he thinks, not the world's opinion. Come on, this is really important. That's how you know you're being processed. The moment you get with a choice... And I got it now It's a life and death is set before you, which shall you choose? Man, that happens every day, every day. It's so easy to come up with our opinion because our opinion is only formed on how we were raised. We weren't born out of it because we all came from heaven. But our soul has to learn his way. Our spirit already knows his way. That's why half the time when we battle about telling the truth or telling a lie, we could even think it's the easiest little white lie, and we fuss over it, don't we? We fuss over a little white lie because we don't want to hurt somebody or we don't want this. But you've got to submit everything to the mystery of God. See, the mystery is he is a just God. He is a holy God. He is a worthy God. He is a righteous God. And he has all of us covered under the same thing. And he's not trying to punish us. He's just trying to do what? Transform our mind to think like christ see and this is what i love now this is okay for i do not desire brethren that you should be what ignorant and that's people coming here when people come here it's time to what not be ignorant anymore you have to throw away your opinions as they start rising up and then it says that blindness in part has happened to israel until the fullness of the gentiles has come in okay When you see the word Israel, Israel to me is a matured Christian growing. Okay, Jacob is an immature Christian who didn't completely trust in God. When he wrestled with God, he got a what? A new name. So that means he became matured because he learned how to follow God. Okay, so when it says blindness in part has happened to Israel, come on, there are so many people who sit in the church today. Who have had an experience with the living God, but still blind themselves to their own opinions and miss the mystery and miss the mystery of his love and miss the mystery of being changed and miss the mystery of his grace, miss the fullness of his love, his joy and his peace. We actually miss it because somebody comes along and gives us their what opinion right in the time when your Israel is being tested. You're being tested. And God, he wants to give you the fullness of something. But when you take, if Sarah took the other realtor's opinion, she might have missed something. And that was trusting God's taking her, not to be blinded, but so she can see in the spirit. Okay? Because until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Now, here's what they're talking about here. Jews were always what? The chosen people. But now because they rejected the mysteries of Christ, they rejected Christ, the living Christ when he came. Now it opened the door for all people to be his people. Okay? And so now there is a fullness of time when the gentiles now are coming in. God is now collecting all of us. He's collecting, there's a number count that he's got to collect. And then you know what he does? Then he opens up the doors back to Israel. To the Jewish people. He opens up back to those people. And he brings now the two. And they become what? One. Because the one thing that the Jews had is they had the law. Moses gave them the law. The law was good. Just like going to kindergarten. You had your rules, right? So you could learn what? Order. The order hasn't changed. But to get the fullness You've got to learn how to walk without your own opinion. See, the Jews denied him because they decided to have a what? An opinion out in the wilderness. They didn't trust him. And so it was crazy. Over the years, they got stuck for how many years? 40 years because everybody had their what? Opinion. When God was trying to teach him, if you've allowed me, this could have been done in what? 11 days. It could have been done. He could, they could have been already to the promised land in so much time. We how many times do we sit in the same cycle over and over again because we stay in the same safe position where our spirit kind of knows the truth, but our soul's telling our spirit what to do. When it needs to be our spirit telling our soul what to do. The soul sees everything by the senses, how it feels, what this is like. You know, we 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 take everything in by our emotions, but the spirit. It takes everything by truth. That's why I had to hear Sarah's voice when Sarah said, no, that's my house. That was all I needed to hear because I wasn't hearing a lie. I was hearing her spirit. And there was no emotion in her at that time. It's like she should have been freaking out to me, (gasps) right? She probably already had a freak out moment because it's just normal. But by the time she she got, got to her on the phone, There was no emotion. It was, this house is mine. And it was so peaceful and firm that I couldn't deny. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we moved forward. It was great. Do you see how we have a choice of life or death? So Christ needs to get us a mindset. What kind of mindsets do we need to have? This is one that was really tough for me. Go ahead and put up Matthew 5, 11. I'm gonna go over some mindsets. And I'm gonna ask you, how well do you do in that? (laughs) <laughs> okay, these are some mindsets that Christ says you have to have these mindsets Or you'll never be able to enter the kingdom of heaven We we ex- we come into and accept the kingdom of God in us But do you know the kingdom of heaven is at hand? And Christ wants us to enter into the kingdom of what heaven? He wants us to experience heaven on earth Do You know how many people have the spirit of the kingdom of God in them? And they're not even exercising, bringing heaven on earth. If you read through Matthew, he breaks it up. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven is an experience you draw out of heaven and you bring onto the earth. The kingdom of God is when you accept Christ in you. So many people have the kingdom of God in them and they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. They're like, I'm saved and I'm going to follow this like rules. I'm going to try to conform myself into this. And still be miserable with people. Come on. How many people you meet go to church and they just are miserable with people? Right? Okay. That's, yeah, they're, they're conforming themselves. They're not allowing the word to transform their minds. So that, because you know the signs. You're full of love. You're full of joy. You're full of peace. You could be in the worst thing and there's always a good answer. You know what I mean? Something's always going to fall. I love this. It says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Okay, when does that happen? Okay, I'm just using Sarah's example as a thing. Because it's a good basic example. The moment she said, I want to move into that place. Blah, you can't move in, you're not approved, blah, blah, blah. All this persecution started. And she had a choice. Should I believe this other voice or should I believe this voice? Do you see what I'm saying? You actually choose the moment revile and persecution and all kinds of evil, false statements, false accusations. The moment they start coming towards you, you pretty much know you're in the best spot you can possibly be in. Because if you know what God has already shown you, this is your house, then it's what? Done. But it's not done in the world because the world's still going to go through its problems but it's done in the spirit. So he's going to test you. What's your opinion? Do you believe that you're not approved or do you believe that this is your home? Do you get what I'm saying? We are always put into this and and he's doing it for his own sake. See, oh, don't you ask yourself, why does God do this? And then you read the statements that say for his sake. What do you mean for your sake? How about my sake? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like what's happening with me? You know what I mean? But do you know it is his pleasure to give you everything? Come on, isn't that a hard, that's a hard, we've been taught God wants to punish us. Do you know it's his good pleasure to give to you everything to prove what is the good, what is the perfect, what is the acceptable will of God in your life? Because God wants to put all that into our life so that we can bring other people into the kingdom of God. We bring them into experiencing entering in the kingdom of heaven on earth. But we, we grow in measure, and then we're responsible to bring people in measure. Give me the next verse. Give me verse 12. Okay, so now get this. If you're getting persecuted, and all these things are happening to you, do you know the mindset of Christ is to do what? First word. Rejoice. Come on. That is, now you know you have a mindset of Christ. When you can rejoice and be what? Exceedingly glad. For great is your what? Reward in heaven. Now I like this. When the word says we can bring heaven on earth, do you know there's a measure of heaven? You bring down here an experience on earth. And the best part is there's a reward for you up in heaven because you've accomplished something on earth that not everybody accomplishes. So the moment God is transitioning you from being conformed to this world, but yet to be transformed by the living God, he wants you, that means there's going to be accusations. There's going to be false moments. There's going to be darkness. That's how you know God is in it. I kept saying to Sarah, I know God's in this house. And you know, Sarah's taking in the punches really well. And I'm like, "Yeah." And we would have never had so much accusation. Do You know what I mean? Because the lender never really wrote a letter saying she wasn't approved. People were saying it. She's not approved. She's not approved. She's not approved. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get the pressure? Come on, how many people have been in the pressure of hearing the opinion, the opinion, the opinion? And then all of a sudden you find yourself conforming to the opinion. And then you just moved out of Transformation. You just moved out of it. Because God can't keep you in transformation and have your opinion in the same time. Can't do it. The moment you choose the opinion, you just stepped out of your transformation. And it's like, all right. You know, he gives you a way back in. But if you really hold on to that opinion, then guess what happens? You miss your season. But the best part is, grace is never denied. It's just delayed. So, God tests us when we are being persecuted, when we are being falsely accused, when we are being cheated, right? Because he wants to see, are you doing what? Rejoicing. Are you being exceedingly glad? Okay, I know I get on people's nerves because after I learned this, I was like pressure would come and I'd be like, I'd stop and I'd be like, okay, this is good. I'm supposed to rejoice. So you do your happy dance, as Chris Carey calls it, right? But you're not feeling that when you're doing it. I, I'm not going to lie. I feel it now. Now when I see it, I am happy. I, when I see it happen to somebody else, I am exceedingly happy. <laughs> I am so happy because I know that if you just go with it, that dark moment is over like that. But if you want to live in it and stay in it, then I, cr- I do hit a point where if I see somebody missing it, I, I do cry. I cr- it hurts to watch when you know someone just is about to get it And I just want to take the lollipop and give it to (laughs) them. You know what I mean? And I I can see that reward and I just want them to have it. And you know, Gene had to tell me, Lee, calm down. You can't always give them the answers. You can't always cast the pearl amongst the swine. That means the swine part of us is the part where we want to keep our opinion. Okay, you know what I'm saying? The pearl is the truth that's going to release the gates of heaven. You know what I mean? And so if we're going to cast our pearls That means the pearls I've already gained. I have a necklace of pearls of word that I already carry, that I know it works. And you just wanna stuff it down somebody, you know what I mean? Because you see them going through it. And you think if you can give them the answer, they're gonna take the right answer. But no, some people take the right answer and still hold on to their opinion. And then you set them in a worse state than what they were before. And then I learned, ooh, your zeal can really hurt people. (laughs) You know what I mean? God wants the coach to be careful. Be joy, be this, but be careful what you hand out because God's teaching them a lesson. Jolana told me a great great testimony about how God is taking her husband Leroy into another place. He's already gotten into a certain place. Now he's going into another place because we're always going into another what? Dimension. Another realm of what God wants to show us of how great he is. But you've got to be willing to, to die. Well, I love it. He already got his next instruction. So what's he doing? He's holding on the instruction and the opinion at the same time. And he's out there working it. Come on, how many times do we work it? Oh yeah. We are working it in our thought. We are con- I'm only gonna call the people that are gonna listen to me. You know what I mean? You're telling your opinion. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? But the whole time, if you have to fight about your opinion then the word says he's already showed you the truth. And there's no measure where somebody can make you let go of your opinion and take a hand onto that truth. I love the word where it says hold on to the plow with two hands. <laughs> Do not look back or you're not fit for the what? The kingdom. See, that's where we can have a temple mindset. We recognize Christ lives within us. We can have the slave mindset Lord God, if you just do this, I'll just be a slave forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? When God doesn't even want us to speak to him like that. He doesn't want us to speak to him like that. He wants us to get to the kingdom mindset and says, okay, what is the kingdom lifestyle? If the kingdom lifestyle says that we can bring heaven on earth and there's no depression in heaven, there's no anger in heaven, there is no poverty in heaven, then you stand here on earth And you're like, why do I have poverty? Why do I have depression? Why am I angry? And then when you realize, oh, I haven't entered into the kingdom. (laughs) I can have the kingdom of God in me. I can already receive Christ. But am I ready to enter and bring the kingdom of heaven on earth? Because it's got to be through me. I've got to work with Christ in me. But I have to start dumping out all my what? Opinions. So I can't tell anybody I'm angry because I'm angry. I can't tell anybody... This is just my seasonal depression. I can't tell anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I can just do this because this makes me feel good for this time. I can't do that. I have to actually give up my opinion, which my opinion would be is I'm allowed to be seasonally depressed. Come on, I'm from up north. I called it my winter depression. (laughs) And it would rain and snow, and you would just be locked up, and you can't do anything, and it would be cold. So you just surrendered to winter depression. And I, would, I, I, I teased about it all the time. Then I moved to Georgia, right? I become a school teacher. I'm, I was already a school teacher in Maryland. I come to Georgia, and there's, like, no snow days. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting sick of sunny days here. I need, I need, I could guarantee as a school teacher that I would get so many snow days, even almost a week off of extra during the winter season. Right, I come down here, okay. I have to work through the winter. <laughs> And then I said, there isn't, come on, right, Kim? Winter depression. There is no more winter depression down here. I'm like, I'm getting sick of sunny days. (laughs) All right, I'm glad to have sunny days. Sunny days are good for us. Our uh, Our skin loves it. But what I learned really quickly is depression isn't of heaven. So when I accepted Christ in my heart, he said, Lee, I gave you a key. The key to the kingdom is you can bind on earth what is bound in heaven. So if there's no depression on heaven and I want to be the light here on earth, I can't be home depressed. Do you get what I'm saying? That means I can say to myself, okay, seasonal depression. Okay, winter depression. You are not in heaven. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I, bound, I bind that depression. Because it's bound in heaven. And I loose an exceeding gladness, the ability to rejoice in that, depra- in that time. And I can, you can actually loose what's in heaven into your life. But you've got to meditate on it. You've got to believe it. You've got to keep what? Confessing it. And then all of a sudden you don't feel what? Depressed anymore. Instead, you hear him say, Arise and what? Shine for now your day has come and you go and move into the things of the kingdom. How many people wanna move into the things of the kingdom? Right, so the first question you should ask yourself, am I conforming or am I being transformed? How do you know? Is it my opinion or is this got Christ's mindset? If I don't know Christ's mindset, go to Matthew. The whole book is full of his mindset, okay? He lived his mindset, all right? So that's the first thing you're going to ask you. Is this my opinion or have I aligned this to Christ's word, the living word? Can I find that answer? So today, if you are upset or, or mad about something because somebody's been persecuting you and you've been fighting back with them, you're actually fighting back your opinion. See, if you have to defend yourself, you're defending your opinion. Because in Christ Jesus you do not have to defend yourself. In Christ Jesus, even the adulterous woman who was guilty, <laughs> I mean, she was found right in the moment, right. And even Jesus did not condemn her. He put her right up, and said, "Let's look at your judges." Do you know what I mean? She didn't say what, one word, the whole time. He drew the line in the sand. Said, "Hey, bottom line, any of you, if you if you, if you don't have this." stone to cast, then go on your way. And they all did what with their stones? Here they wanted to stone her, but instead they what? Dropped them. Because they were guilty of adultery. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's so beautiful. If we really get the Christ mindset, we would never defend ourselves. We would stay quiet. We would give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, give me your mindset in this. Come on. I actually had somebody take me to court over the, um, I know some of you know this story. I got taken to court um, and my license fought against because I didn't collect policy and procedure manuals when I opened up the real estate firm. I handed them out, I didn't collect them back with signatures on it. Well, these people got mad at me eight months later after they already left, they decided to report me, you know what I mean, and put me on trial with the commission for not handing in signed and dated policy and procedures well the people really sunk themselves but I it's a legal action I would have to get an attorney and respond back and then it would be 30 days this 30 days that 30 days this 30 days right okay so instead of going through that I prayed I didn't say anything I got the letter I didn't go around the office and tell everybody I just I really did just look at this letter, and I couldn't believe it was happening. I mean, honestly, you know when you're shocked about something? It's like a numbing feeling, and you're like, why is this happening to me? That's one of the first things I thought, because I'm now doing what you've asked me to do, teach the word, grow in the word. Why is this happening? And I heard it was going to be a testimony. But I was to only do what he wanted me to do when he wanted me to do it, so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't seek an attorney. One day before a trained to rain class, I am walking in the back and I heard it so clearly. Now go to your computer. I sit at my computer, he says, now you're gonna write your response. Now if anybody's seen legal papers, there's the first offense, the second offense. And by the time they get to the major offense, they've already insulted you. (laughs) They've already told you how much of a loser you are until they get to the main thing. Hey, you didn't collect the policy and procedure, (laughs) sign to sign. But then it's like this. So I had to respond to each number, okay? So, and normally you'd have an attorney respond to this. But I sat there, and I heard the Holy Spirit said, right now, 10 minutes, the whole response went out. I didn't send it yet, but I wrote it all out before Train to Rain. I went back after Train to Rain to just clean it up and send it out. And do you know, I read it, I had to reread it 10 times because I don't think, I definitely didn't write it. The Spirit wrote my answers. It did not lie, it did not... In fact, it was so, everything about it was so beautiful, it made me want to cry. Do you know what I mean? Because it wasn't defending me. It was telling all the facts in the proper order. And I was so overwhelmed, and then I pressed send. Do you know five months later, I got totally, everything got removed. It's not even on my, you can go call the commission today, and if you get reported, it always stays on your record. It's not even on my record. They lost the case, bottom line. But I had to, every response, the Holy Spirit made me write the response. And he said this will be a testimony because he has a he, one of his mindsets is you're not to go chase after a, a, a lawyer to go defend you. Now that takes a lot of giving up your own opinion. <laughs> I'm being serious. In fact, it says, hold on, do not cast, do not cast, seek, ask, knock. I have all the different ones written down. Be perfect, love your enemies. Go to the second mile, keep your word. Do not lust, do not be reconciled. Honor God's law. I have a list of them. But one of them is you aren't supposed to go after something. You really are to turn the other cheek and let the Holy Spirit guide you. It says if somebody fights over your tunic, what does it say? A mindset of Christ is take it off and give it to them. And so that's when I when I heard, "Do not get a lawyer." I was like, "Okay, well, we have a company attorney." But I didn't. But he really did pardon me. He did really acquit me. I believe that when the Lord weighs your heart, you can do a lot of things wrong. But when the Lord weighs your heart, He says, "Now I'm going to test your mind." I know the Lord was saying, "I know you're innocent," but now I'm going to show you how my power works, how I can cover something. Christina has an excellent testimony. She gave it Saturday night. This girl actually got arrested. Serious case, right? They can't find it, right? She comes in this building. She was already saved, but she wasn't moving anywhere. She had a spirit and a soul fighting each other, right? And so her mom, who really, mom, mom's heart can move a lot of things. When her mom prayed, just, and you know what she prayed? That's what the most beautiful thing is. She prayed to let her die. She prayed for let the worst thing happen. That is, that is a Christ mindset right there. She was actually saying, "It's t- let her die. But, and the mom was in agreement, no matter what happens, I'm going to be here for my daughter. And that's exactly what happened. How many days was that? From the time you know your mom prayed in November to the time of your arrest. Yes. She even asked specifically that it be done before the end of the year. And she got arrested on the 27th of December. Isn't that awesome? Like she's so excited about it when she gave the testimony. When I say excited about it, meaning she wouldn't be where she is today if it wasn't her mom praying for that prayer. How many times do we hold on to an opinion and we don't ask it to die? Right? Do you know the word says that if we learn Christ's mindset, The first thing we have to learn is that there's no life until there is death. And death can just be as simple as you giving up your opinion. Oh, my gosh. I can't begin to tell you. When I started realizing I'm not allowed to have an opinion, I was like, how am I going to sell real estate? (laughs) You know what I mean? People say, well, what do you think? That means I have to give them my what? My professional opinion. And then God showed me there will be no more real estate out of your opinion. I'm serious. I, I, I mean, I could make things happen in the world when I was conformed to the world. But when I decided to say, okay, Christ transform my mind, I didn't know what I was asking for. But then when I start experiencing the resurrection, the resurrection, the experience of Christ, I'm like, this is how I get every season when it's time for what my, when the opinion surfaces itself. How do you know opinion surfaces itself? you actually accuse somebody of something. Yep. You want to shine the light on somebody else. How do you know your opinion is surfacing? You want to argue with a person. You better listen to what, what am I arguing? Mm-hmm. You could be thinking you're telling somebody what they're doing wrong, and the whole time, it's the light on you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to learn. I catch my, when I was growing in this, I would catch myself with an opinion, and then I'd be like, slow down, because I'm talking about me. And I started, I, I, that's why nobody can offend me anymore. I hit that point after four years. Nobody can offend me because I'm supposed to worry about me. I'm supposed to love them. So if I start complaining, complaining, it invites the destroyer into your life, not theirs. Oh, it invites the destroyer in your life. So the moment you get on that road... You know you've stayed in opinion, and if you're in opinion, then you are conforming to the world. Is that simple? You know, hey, the one thing I used to teach people with mindsets, if it's fear and you are explaining out your fears, there's nothing wrong with having a fear. There is a problem with conforming to that fear. Come on. I have to tell you, my daughter, she really did heal me and bring me to a different state. I just want to see the time. She decides she loves horses, right? Well, I got thrown off a horse when I was six. So I would go running in college, and I'd see a horse on the path, and I'd go all the way over on the side. <laughs> I wasn't getting near the horse because I didn't trust horses. Why? Because I was thrown off. And I'm telling you, when I was thrown I felt myself flying through the air, and my dad grabbed my shirt, and I felt like my face was kissing the ground. And he's holding my shirt, but I did not touch that ground. Okay, but that still instilled what in me? Fear of animals, okay. Well, we had somebody move in our neighborhood and they had like a demon dog, right? And <laughs> the dog was an angry dog and I was scared when I got near it. I could feel the shaking in my belly, right? Rachel's doing horses. She would say, Mom, let's go to the barn. You can go to the barn all you want, but I wasn't gonna go and walk up to the animal. I, that's a big animal, right? And I would feel fear start to possess my body when I'd see that dog and I'd go up to that. So in a season, this is hap- all happened in the same season. I was outside working on my plants and God had showed me we have dominion over the what? The animals. And I started meditating on that word. And he's changing me. We have, dominion over them. we have dominion over the animals. We have dominion over the creepy crawly things. We have dominion over the, the cattle and all the, 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 the livestock. We have dominion over the birds of the air, the sea, the fish in the sea. Okay, I am actually really starting to believe that. But now, because I was being what? Transformed. My heart was right because I believed. But now my mind had to be what? Tested. I'm out there working on this dog. <laughs> right? And I am like, I felt the fear, but then I knew I have dominion. So I said, in Jesus' name, I mean, I really did scream it, right? This dog stopped, and it's like, right? (laughs) And it stopped right there. And I was like, this really works. (laughs) And my hand's like this still, right? And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, now turn around. Turn around? Like, if I turned around... I really was like this, I stood there, and I heard turn around, so I turned around, I was like, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, in (laughs) Jesus' mighty name. I go up my stairs, in Jesus' mighty name, I open the door, I close the door, and I'm like this. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) I could feel that I passed the test, but at the same time, I still felt the what? The fear on that animal jump on me. If anything attacks you, it has fear. What's in you is greater than that fear. Okay, I passed that test. But I still closed the door and went, ah! I I really did. (laughs) Because, you know, sometimes you're just surprised you made it. Ah! Right? Okay, then Rachel, she's like, pushes the horses in my face. We go, and we go to the thing. She goes, come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. She opens the door. I'm like, hey, the the horse is going to run out, right? And I was like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We have dominion over the animal. We have dominion over the animal, right? And then Rachel let the horse sniff me, push me. And I, at first, just stood like this. And then I started realizing, I have no fear. Why am I bracing myself like I have fear? Do you get what I'm saying? Because fear is an opinion. Fear is something we choose, but it's because we've been taught. So we conform to what we've been taught, but it's not the truth. So anyway, so then I kind of got it. I was like, great. Now I can go up to those horses, walk in their pen, be anywhere around them, and that I am not scared of them. And then I learned a horse is more scared of us. Then we are of it. But you know why it's scared? Because one eye looks this way. Get this. And the other eye looks this way. It's two-sided. Mm. Yeah. When we're two-sided, we have fear. Mm. A horse is two si- looking two sides at all times. It's hard for it to hone into one thing. And you'll see it. It looks like this. It looks like this. It looks like this as it's coming to you, and you think it's going to hurt you, and the whole time it's just trying to figure you out. It's more scared of you because of its fault in the way it sees. See, blindness, that's so, see, a horse has a blind spot right in front of it that it can't hone into people. So you never run up to a horse. You'll spook it. So once I started learning that, I'm like, wow, we have more dominion than (laughs) animals. If you know the weakness of an animal, you really can know how to work that animal and it cannot hurt you if you believe in the creator who created it and created you and the greater one really is you than you are in that moment. And so that's what's so awesome. That's when I started learning, oh my gosh, I was exercising an opinion instead of exercising faith. Faith is believing what the truth told me to feel versus even with the dog. When I went in, I passed the test, but don't get me wrong, I still had to belt it out. Ah! because I actually couldn't believe. Now I became a lover of that truth. And now I don't have that opinion anymore. There is no animal that can hurt me. The truth is we have dominion over them. And if I call out his name, that animal has to stop at that moment. Isn't that beautiful? All right, well, we're going to end. But I just want to encourage you to read these chapters in Matthew. Read chapter four, read chapter five. Read chapter 6 and 7 really carefully. And when you read them, Matthew 4, 5, 6, and 7. Right, in Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I have found so far up to chapter 7 17 commands that God has commanded us to do to not have an opinion. Read them carefully. And say, well, what is Jesus telling me to think? But what would be my opinion? If I was getting persecuted, my opinion would be I want to defend myself. But he taught me here I have to do what? Rejoice. Be abundantly glad. The first thing he teaches you in Matthew chapter 4 is you no longer have to accept your punishment. All you have to do is repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Give me Matthew 4.17. That's the... and it's the first thinking mindset of having a transformed mind. The first thing he tells you to think in Matthew 4:17 is he says, you have to have a repentive mindset. A repentive mindset means change your way of thinking. He says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, to say, repent for the kingdom of what? Right, is at hand. It didn't say the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is already here. It's in, the kingdom of God is in all of us. It's already here. We don't have to bring the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of heaven is at what? Hand. When we repent, change, get rid of our opinion, and take on his truth. Then the moment you get that truth, look what happened to me with the dog and the horse. There was no more what? Fear, because fear is a lie. There is no fear. Fear is only what we've been taught. But when we get the truth, and then you get tested, oh my gosh, you're like, it's real. Like That's how I was. I was like, oh my God, that word is real. And now every time I come upon an animal, if I, 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 I always invite the Holy Spirit. I always say, thank you, Lord, that I have dominion over that animal. And then if I'm supposed to approach it, that doesn't mean I'm going to go run up to animals. You know what I mean? It just means when I'm in a situation, I'm going to choose the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The moment that dog ran to me, the kingdom of heaven was at hand if I believed. But the kingdom of God could not have done anything to me. See, the kingdom of God, if I don't apply it and bring heaven into it, then I could have gotten bitten for that dog and I could have said the devil got me. Do you know what I mean? And really it would have just been because of my ignorance, I perished at that moment. And he says... He doesn't call us, brethren, to be what ignorant. He wants us to learn and be improve. He actually says he wants to prove to us the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I want that for everybody else. He proved that to me with animals. So now I can't. I mean, I'm not going to go get a dog and be an animal lover and get a horse and do you know what I mean? Do all that? I'm because that's just not me. But I'm not afraid of them anymore. You know, I mean? isn't that good story? Isn't that good? Isn't this good stuff? All right, so remember, no more what? Opinions. And everybody align themselves to the thinking of Christ. There are 17 thoughts that Christ gave us to think just between Matthew 4, 5, 6, and 7, because that's all I got to. I haven't even finished the rest of the chapter. But he tells us things to repent. He tells us to follow me. He tells us to rejoice, even when the attack is on. He even says, don't let your words be all dark. Let them be like what? Light and encouragement to people. He actually even tells us we have to honor God's law, his order of things, but he wants us to trust in the spirit to lead us into all victory. We can only experience heaven, the kingdom of heaven, by being led by the spirit. If you are a son of God, then you're led by the spirit of God. So praise God. I hope this was a good little starter. I'm going to keep continuing talking about some different mindsets. And they align with with what Gene's saying. Because we've got to get into kingdom mindsets. And I need some brides that have some victory in the word. Because anytime you have victory in the word, then I liked it. Because Charlena is approved. I had a dream one time. And the Lord showed me. Charlena was really going through something. And I had this dream. And there's Charlena and her husband. And they're in this new house. White cabinets. And she's cooking him the best dinner. And the whole time, it was a banner going through the house. Approved approved and Charlena was really going through a difficult time and I was teaching and this vision just kept coming I kept saying "Charlena, do you know you're approved that means whatever she has already done whatever word she was confessing on it was already set that if she said it which her word was trust in God <laughs> it was so simple but she really went through a she really went through a situation where she really had to trust in God and she had been speaking it speaking it spe- I called it approved and then next thing you know she is in the thick of it <laughs> and she is so cute. I was there when something happened and she's just looking and I'm like trusting God. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is good because you are approved Charlena Brown. You know, we have to get that mindset that he actually in the spirit, he calls something on earth for you to be approved. And then you actually receive a measure of your reward now, which is abundant life in Christ. But yet, think about it. If you've conquered it here on earth, okay, come on. If you conquered it on earth, he says he lays a what? A treasure up for you in heaven. So even though we've got to keep pushing ourselves to grow in Christ, so I want to I get the fast pass. I want to get to the, I don't want to have to go to school in heaven. I don't want to have to, I want to get as far as I can on earth. So when I get up there, it, well, what it was said to me, uh, uh, I didn't know what this prophet said one time, Dean Sykes. He said to me, he goes, Lee, you're going to be in heaven and you're going to be an elevator and you're going to be going up the elevator and that door will go bing and people get off, but you stay on. And then you're going to go up another elevator. It's going to go bing and people are going to go off, but you're going to stay on. And then he said, where you're going is you're going to keep going. It's, I can't even tell you what floor you get off on. Okay. What does that say to me? It says to me that God has put it in my heart to keep working out my salvation And every word is like a floor level. Do you know what I mean? And think about it. Every measure we grow, who knows what treasure we get. Hey, it's like going to Tiffany's in New York. How many floors in Tiffany's? It's like a bunch, right? And you go to the fine china. You go to the the wedding rings. You know, every, I mean, in Tiffany's, you know, and they have a little man there. And it tells you what level you're getting off and what treasure is on that level, you know what I mean? And so I think heaven's got to be like Tiffany's in New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you never get to the top floor. You don't know what's at the top floor at Tiffany's. You just know that, you know, it's like the engagement level, the different le- It's kind of cute. But I always think of, isn't that cool? Should that make you motivated to want to master one word at a time? Because you never know what floor in heaven. You know you're going to experience righteousness, peace, and joy on earth. But I think it would be really cool, like, where, what happens when you get to heaven? What have, you, what have you laid those treasures that you laid up there? So let's just pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you and I honor you. I thank you for this class called Sonship. Lord, I thank you for your word that says follow you, that we are to give up all, give up all of our opinions to follow you. And as we give all these things up, you will take us in a path that is straight and narrow. You will turn the crooked places straight. Lord, you will take the mountains and you will bring them down and you will lift up the valleys. Lord, I thank you for your word, your living word, that you actually sent your son to die for us, that you loved us so much to show us the way so we could be reconciled back to you. Lord, we recognize the kingdom is at hand at every moment and every day. Lord, help us to reach out and grasp your hand and to bring heaven on earth. Lord, help us to bind those things that we know cannot be in heaven And Lord, put it in our heart to loosen the word of God that you reveal to us. Lord, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your glory. We thank you, Lord, that we acknowledge that your true glory is your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you as we exalt his name and we lift him up. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that helps us to see and help us to hear all the things that heaven has and all the ways you want to take us. So, Lord, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed.